Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Remain standing for just a little while. You know, as I walked into to the auditorium this morning, I could feel God. You know, there's a there's a t- God's everywhere, but there's there's sometimes there's a tangible touch. And I believe today, for those watching online and all of us here, that things are going to change for you today. Today, things are going to change. I'm not talking about a gradual steps. You know, uh, I remember seeing this movie called Baby Steps. And it uh, just came to me while I was worshipping. And I refer- remember the Holy Ghost saying to me, Ted, no more baby steps. You know, don't think, do not think that your change is going to take time. Sometimes we, we negate the power of God by thinking, oh, I have this issue, or I have this problem. It's going to take time to get out of it. It might have taken you 20 years to get into it, but it can take a split second to get out of it. See, we serve a God. We serve a God, and, and I believe that I have a word for you today. I, I don't just have a word, I have the word. There's a lot of words. But I have the Word, the Word that you need, the Word your situation needs, the Word your marriage needs, the Word your finances need. That's why I'm excited. Father, we just want to thank You now. And Father, we just dedicate this time to You and know without a shadow of a doubt that You will do miracle amongst us and me personally. God, not just a miracle for the world, but a miracle for me, my family, my situation. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. How amazing are they? I tell you what, I know for those of you that can't be here, you've heard sin, you've been worshiping online, but let me tell you, it's no substitute for this. You know, uh, it's like, to me, worship online and sometimes worship in uh, person is like this. Because I, I used to travel a lot. I used to be two weeks out of the country every month. And um, I always carried photos of my family. I loved it. But they were never a substitute for the real deal. Okay. You know, t- today I want to, the word that God gave to me, and it's been here for quite a while, And we want to talk about faith, but what we want to do is to remove the add-ons to faith. There's a a market out, and it's an industry, it's called the after-you-purchase market. So you can buy a car, and then you can put in after-you've-bought-it modifications. So it's it's called... uh, after the factory modification. So you can buy a car, drive it out, bring it into a mechanic shop, and they will add on to the manufacturer's car. So what happens is that you get add-ons to what the manufacturer wanted. So what you can do, it works in computer. You can buy a computer for Apple. You can take it up and you can pimp it up. 
Am I talking to the right people? So it's called aftermarket modifications. And this is what God spoke to me about. And he says, you need to remove all the aftermarket modifications that have been placed on faith. An aftermarket modification either improves it or distinguishes it from everybody else. So what's happened with our faith, it is that people have redefined it or modified faith to suit their theology. First of all, let me qualify this. Faith is not a subject that we preach. If you want to fast forward your life, your ministry is get out of the classroom. When I, when I was at school, I think it's still the same, I hope it's still the same, is that whatever I wanted to be in life, I had to take subjects at school to pass in so that I can be it. But when we start talking about God, faith is not a subject Grace is not a subject. Salvation is not a subject. The Holy Spirit is not a subject. Let me just show you this now. If you call it a subject, all you need to know is the information. So therefore, people, do you realize that there are specialists in industry teaching students that have never, ever been on the shop room floor? I'm amazed. I remember looking at one um, university degree that you could get. And so I started looking at some of the lecturers, and he was in business. The problem was none of them had ever had a business. How would you? It is, it is like if you're a doctor and you're lecturing on medicine and somebody comes up to you and says, have you ever had a real-life subject? No. Have you ever had a doctor surgery? No. But I got all the info. Christianity is not about information. It is about the reality that you live in. See, a subject I can recall, but when you get revelation, you get to have the living revelation in your reality. So you can know every scripture about healing, but it's not a substitute for being healed. See, you learn about healing when you're healed. See, something amazing happens in the spiritual realm is this. You don't learn about salvation and then get saved and you know what you're doing. You get saved and then spend the rest of eternity learning what just happened to you. I didn't know what salvation was. All I remember is being an 11-year-old kid in the second row. My dad, we was all nine of us, made us sit in a row on the back, you know, right on the second row, right? So we were always there. I'm 11 years old. The pastor, I, I thought the pastor was the most boring person I could remember. You know, I'm just sitting there. I am struggling to stay awake. But the moment... He starts talking about, if you want to give your life to the Lord, my heart starts jumping, my, my body becomes alive, my imagination is all over the place, and I'm feeling this amazing feeling that I, this, is, this is for me, but I don't know it. And next thing he knows, if you want to get saved, put your hand up. My hand automatically goes up. Go down. And then... 
Then he says, now if you put your hand up, stand up. I'm going, no no way am I going to stand up. I'm standing. Then he goes, if you've stood up, walk to the front. So in front of 700 people, I'm down in front, and I'm bawling my eyes there. People go, why are you here for? I don't know. And all all he said there, "If if you want Jesus in your life, ask him to come into your life. I go, It's like a science fiction movie. Something on the inside, outside is going to come. And I just gave my heart to the Lord. I remember this peace, this amazing throbbing in my soul. I, I, I came home. My mom looked different. I came home and they go, Mom, you foxy woman, you. And I go, I went to my brothers and I said, I actually like you now. They're going, Ted, Ted's gone mad. He, he, But see, what happened to me? And I am now learning still my soul is still catching up to what happened to me. See, faith, we've taken faith and brought it down to the natural realm where our intellect can explain it. But see, faith is a spiritual force. Faith is spiritual, not natural. So therefore, the natural cannot understand it. The problem is, is that we have spiritual realities that have been restricted by natural identities or natural definitions. See, what what happens when we move into the Holy Spirit, when we move into church, is this, is that as soon as we get born again, God gives us his word, and he says, now this, the word of God, defines reality. Now, I want you, just to give you something here. Today, we just want to talk about faith revived. Now, to revive something, there needs to be an understanding You can't revive something that isn't there, correct? So when we talk about revival, that means that there is something that we know that it should be that isn't. Listen to a prayer in uh, Psalm 85 verse 6. It says this, Revive us again, O God. I know you will. Give us a fresh start. Then all your people will taste your joy and gladness. I want you to see the first part. He says, revive us again, O God. I know you will. That's a faith statement there. The reason, the word there, revive, right? Well, let me give you some definitions of revive. You good? Now, to revive means to raise back to life from the dead. It also means to restore to life. But the, I love this one. It is to restore to consciousness. That means something that you have not been conscious of. It means to reawaken, especially after having lost consciousness. To bring back or to restore interest in something. To give new strength, energy, and freshness to. Now, here's the one I really love. To restore something to its former condition. See, The biblical definition of repentance is to go back to the original. 
you cannot repent without having the original. See, you can't go to a homeless person and say to him, go home. The reason he can't do that is not because he's not willing, because he has no home. So if you go to me, Ted, go home, I know where to go because I have a home. I know this is deep for Sunday morning. I, I, I realize that. If you say, go back to your car, I know, I know where my car is in the driveway. If you do not know, ask one of the parking attendants. Ask Joseph, he knows everything. But see, what, what, was, what the psalmist is saying here, revive us again. In other words, I've looked back and what I see here is not what I'm living here. I want to go back and have that. He was, he was he's something that I had to deal with. When I first started to move into the realm of the supernatural, it was I saw miracles. The reason I went after miracles was that my expectation for miracles were because I heard it written in the Word of God. So the reason I started to go, God revived miracles in my life is not because I personally had lost it, but I realized that I had received a package deal when I got saved. And in the package deal, it said, you are healed. But in my reality, I am sick. So God revived me. Revive me to what? What you have originally destined me for. It says, revive us again. Now, Look at another verse in Psalm 19.7. He says, Yahweh, your word is perfect. Let's just camp right there. Your word is perfect. Watch this. The definition of your life, of your family, of your business, of your finance, on your dreams is all found in the word of God. So the Word of God tells you the initial material that God has placed on you and in you. So the Word of God says, this is reality. So when you're saying revive, you're going, God, what you have placed in my life, I want it now. It says the word of God is perfect in every way. How it revives our soul. Let's camp there for a second again. I like camping. See, when, now, I want you to really be smart today, okay? I want you to be really smart today. I want you to put on your smart clothes. The difference between a soul and a spirit When you were born again, before you were born again, your spirit was dead. Your spirit didn't need reviving, it was dead. Okay, smart clothes. So when you were born again, you have a brand new spirit. Yahweh's word is Perfect. My spirit is perfect. You have in your 
possession that you are perfect. Your spirit does not need revival, but it is your soul that needs revival. So that is why you are the righteousness of God in Christ. But you say, but have a look at my life. Your life is a mess. Your spirit is not a mess. Your soul is a mess. That's why the, that's why the Apostle Paul, our teacher, said, renewing your mind. It never says renew your born again experience. You are as perfect as you are going to be because you were born again of the Word of God and the Word of God is? Come on. Say it through your mask. Blow a hole in your mask. <laughs> My spirit is perfect. Hey! But the problem we have is in the soul area. How we think, how we perceive so watch this. Yahweh's word is perfect. So I want you to understand something. From today onward, you can honestly, factually say this. I am perfect. My soul has issues. Did you, let me just show you something here. Your spirit never sleeps, and your spirit is in contact dialogue with the Father. The problem we have is in our thinking. So it revives us all. Yahweh's laws lead us to truth, and his ways change the simple into wise. I want you to know this. There is no amount of education that can make you smart in the spiritual realm, except the Word of God. And watch this. Why do we have to, why is it there? Understand this, that every natural law is subject to a spiritual law. So therefore, if I understand the natural law, I still can't change anything. See, in the natural law, we give you 10 steps to a better marriage. In the spirit, we give you love. Hello? In the natural, we give you 20 steps to prosperity. In the spirit law, it's giving and receiving. You're very quiet. I know it's the mask. Can you do something for me for next week? Get one of those masks with smiles on it. Okay, just for me, okay? Just for me. So understand this, is the, when he's saying changing the simple to wise, in other words, I've gone from being smart to being unwise. So I was originally destined for wisdom, sharpness, perfection, but now I have gone down to being simple. What is the word simple? That I am subject to the natural laws of behavior. I am subject to the natural laws of finances. I am subject to the natural laws of relationships. Okay, you good? Now, back to being revived. Everybody say revived. Let me just show you this. Your soul 
is designed to be revived to the Spirit. Your soul, when God created it, it says it fits so well. See, your soul is actually yelling at you. And you know what it's yelling? Unless you teach me, I'll go back to being carnal. See, your spirit, so your spirit by default, he's God. Your soul, by default, he's the lower system. If my soul... It's not being trained by the Spirit. It will go to default. And what's default? Trial and error. It's like, I'll try this and try that. I, I remember before I got touched by the Holy Spirit, I would read all of these self-help books. The only thing the self-help book did for me was increase my frustration. Because I did the 10 steps. Then I did the step, steps standing upside down. Then I did the 10 steps by running in circles. I did all of it. And I got frustrated. The reason being is it was on a lower level. But your soul is designed to absorb the Holy Spirit. Your soul is designed to start to recreate it to think like Christ. So watch this. Now... In Psalm 51, you can see, now we're going to go all the way back to start where we are. Listen to this. This is the prophet Isaiah talking about revival. This is how he starts. Listen to me, you who chase after righteousness. As a church, we're chasing after righteousness. You are chasing after righteousness. So the, the problem is not that we are after righteousness. The problem is not that we want to. Listen to this. You who passionately pursue the Lord, look back to Abraham, the rock from which you were cut, to Sarah, the quarry from which you were dug, and remember what I did for them. Just stop right here. Do you realize what he's saying? This is, so he goes, now watch. I want you to go back to this man and this woman I want you to see everything that I've done for them. The reason he wants you to see everything he'd done for them is because he wants to do the same for you. So what he is saying here is the prophet Isaiah says, you need some revival. How is your revival going to start? I want you to look back to a man that was in confine into a family. He was in confine to idol worship. He was in confine that his wife couldn't give birth. He had all, he had every problem imaginable. Hey, Abram should make you feel really good about yourself. I thought I had problems and I looked at Abraham and I go, oh yeah, I feel much better. So now watch this. He goes, I want you to look back to Abraham and Sarah. Look at verse 52. Yes, look at Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For when I called Abraham, he was but one person, but I blessed him greatly so that he became many. I want you to watch this. He goes, before I called Abraham, he was one. And he wasn't blessed. 
he wasn't blessed. But he goes, but I blessed him greatly so that that one became many. So God says this, wherever your life is, where you, only, where you, you, you are living in confined, God says, I want to bless you. Do you realize that right now that your soul is designed to live in blessing and when there is no spiritual empowerment into your soul, your soul makes up its own blessing because it's still looking for blessing. You were designed to live a blessed life. You were designed for that. So God says here, he says, I want, you need to revive. I want to revive you the lifestyle that I want for you. I want you to revive you about the relationship I have for you. Everything is about going back to the original. And God's saying this, I took this man, I took this woman, and I am now doing to them what I want to do for anybody that comes after them. So here you have Abraham. And what is Abraham known for? He's known for faith. He's Bible scholars from all around have this one quote, is that Abraham is the father of faith. The reason being is this, is that Abraham became from singular to being that you couldn't count his blessings by faith. Not by works. So when we start talking about revival, we need to know what kind of faith did Abraham have? What defined him? Let's start with this. The same faith that lived in Abraham, lived in Sarah, is the same faith that lives in you. It's the same faith. Now, look at the person next to you. Is the person next to you the same size as you? Are they the same height as you? Are they as strong as you? Watch this. Every single person has the same bone structure. They have the same amount of bones. They have the same amount of DNA. They have the same amount of white cells and red cells. Do you realize that the only difference between two people is exercise? You're looking at me funny. See, you see somebody that's stronger than you and you go, gee, oh, gee, look at them. They're really fit. They're really this. They're really that. Well, aren't they lucky? No, they're not lucky. Is that what they've done is they've used what they had. So the person that's stronger than you doesn't have more muscle than you. All he's got is his exercise what he's got. You okay? You're looking at me like. See, one of the things we've done See, one of the things we need to be revived on is thinking like this, is that what God did, oh, our victor needs a lot of faith. Yeah, well, I'll give him a lot of faith. 
Are they survey? She's going to marry Ted. She needs more faith than Victor. Definitely more. Oh, yeah. You with me? See, let me just show you something here. You good with me? See, what, one of the fallacies that have come in, they're thinking, well, Ted's got this uh, ministry for preaching, so he's got greater faith. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. See, what we think is we think gift, and then what's the faith to it? God says, I give you the same amount of faith, but I give different gifts, not different faiths. Let me say that to you again. The Bible talks about giving gifts to men, but he doesn't, tell, he doesn't do this. I give one more faith and one less faith. We all have been given the same amount of faith. We have been given different gifts. Like, I wish I had the gift for music. Anybody, can somebody join with me? Man, man, I remember playing the guitar, and, and this guy comes up to me and he goes, is that hard to do, hard to play? And I'm thinking he's going to give me a compliment. And he goes, and I go, no, it's, yeah, it's not that hard. And he goes, well, it's really hard to listen to. See, watch this. I had the gift to make guitars. I used to make handmade guitars. That was my first job. So the, the guitars that I used to make, we even used to make our own plywood. I used to make them own glue. Everything was hand-built. So I could build you an amazing instrument. The only problem was the amazing instrument sounded really bad. So one of the things that we need to get revived on is this, is that your faith is exactly the same size as my faith. And my faith is exactly the size as Abraham and Sarah's. I know this is deep. It is because this is an added on manufacture, after the manufacture of bread. This is an aftermarket addition. It is that your faith is of a lesser value or a lesser quantity. You're good? You're good? Uh, let me just show you something here. We, 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 we've got a couple more minutes that I just want to do and I want to pray for you. Is when, you, when we talk about the woman with the issue of blood, one of the things I want to show you this is that faith always receives what it was given. Faith always receives what is given. Faith doesn't steal. Faith doesn't take something that doesn't belong to it. Faith, the best way to put it is faith has ownership. Faith takes what is legally it's so faith doesn't steal faith never gets jealous because faith has everything jealousy in the heart of a person is a sign that their faith is living on an add on after the manufacturer so when we see this when we talk about the issue of blood with this woman have a look at verse 30 Jesus knew at once that somebody had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him 
and also in him and passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, who touched my clothes? I want you to watch this. No amount of activity can touch what God has given you. So Jesus is there, and he is surrounded by activity. Do you realize that Jesus was surrounded by praise? Jesus was surrounded by people that wanted to be with him. He was surrounded by all of these people. Now, what you understand this, the power of God was always resident, was always there, but no one touched him. No activity can touch what's inside of God. So your activity of worship is good, but it doesn't touch. The Bible tells us that this woman, she came up behind him, and there's another level to this, which we'll do another time, but just to whet your appetite. And she came and she touched him. And this is what is amazing. Everybody else was touching him. Ten steps to your miracle was touching him. Everything, everybody was around him. Everybody was going, hey, I want to be with Jesus. And this woman, unannounced, uninvited by the crowd, she comes behind him and she touches what's in Jesus. And he didn't have to give it permission. The reason he doesn't have to give it permission, because it was hers. See, faith came up and touched him. And listen to this, verse 31. His disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look at the huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. Isn't it amazing? Just listen to me carefully. The whole world is trying to press in and get something from Jesus. How many times do we see altar calls packed with people trying to touch Jesus? Just let me show you something here. No amount of activity is needed when you have faith. See, we've been taught that faith needs some activity. You okay? Come on, are you okay? I've got three minutes to go. Everybody said, wow. Watch this. No amount of activity is needed when you have faith. Faith says this. Faith, this is ownership faith. You know what this woman did? She understood faith, and she goes, there's a healing that has my name on it, and it's in Jesus. So she comes up, and faith looks at her and says, hey, we'll call her Marguerite, okay? So she goes, Marguerite, you want your healing? Yeah, where is it? It's in Jesus. Well, how do I get it? You get it by faith. So what she does, she goes behind him, and he goes, Every, the crowd is the ones that are going to stop her, not Jesus. The problem was not Jesus. It was that Jesus was now had a, had a force field around people that were so full of activity, but no faith. Activity is not a sign of faith. So she comes up behind him, and what does she do? She reaches in, and she takes a healing that says, this is for Marguerite. What does it tell me? That faith takes what's already given. So faith understands that for every problem, there is an answer. 
Now, we'll finish on this. Look at Ephesians 1.3. Now, just before we do that, the word salvation has been dumbed down so much that we don't... I know for myself, I had to get... I had to get revival on the word salvation because I never understood how powerful it is. Never understood. See, Ephesians 1.3 is telling you what your faith has already done. If you're taking down notes, put down Ephesians 1.3 is a record of what my faith has done. Listen to this. This happened... To me, in 1971, in Richmond, I was in a, in a Assemblies of God church. I was 11 years old, but I never knew this. I, never, I thought I just got saved, got my ticket to heaven. No one ever set me down and says, hey, little boy, you realize that you have a big boy inside of you now? Do you re- Look, watch this. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Stop right there. What do we normally pray? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in Right? Do you realize that's fulfilled? Smile through your... Do you realize, you know, we, we pray that prayer thinking it's in heaven, but it's in you. No, no, I, I, know, th- I know this is going to take some time. It's taking time with me. But no more baby steps. Everybody say, no more baby steps. If I see you taking baby steps, I will do things to you. Now watch this. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped up in Christ. That is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. What? I'm going to pray in a moment. We're going to take you on this journey. 2022 is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be an amazing year. But see, what, what, what I'm doing now is I'm preparing you for that. What, we, what our, your life group leaders are doing, I'm preparing you for that. Now, watch this. The Word of God actually tells me that everything I have that I think that I've got to ask for, God says, I've already given to you. Do you realize that the faith that you had for salvation is the faith that gave you every spiritual blessing, not another faith? Just, just, just we've we got to unshackle you. I, 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 my mandate is to expand you. But the only way to expand you is you've got to know what the original was. This is the original. When you go, God, revive me, bring me to my consciousness. What you're saying, God, revive me that what I am praying for is in me. See, what we are thinking, and you, uh, when you start to see this, you realize I've been praying wrong. Uh, one, of my, one of the things that I've had to repent for is this, is I've realized I've been preaching stuff on faith that isn't faith. And now, because we are entering a brand new season, you need to, when you go, God, revive me. God's saying this to you right now. Everything that you need is already being given to you. Take back the woman with the issue of blood. What did she do? 
she took what belonged to her. But unless you know, see, the only way Satan can rob you is to disguise the blessing of God in saying it's not yours. We're going to finish it here today. We're going to keep going with this. But I want you to do something for me. Before you, before you pray, before you read the word of God, I want you to just to say this over yourself. I have been blessed with everything already. I am about to read what's inside of me. The Bible becomes alive and you go, this is inside of me, this is inside of me. And I, when we, we want to finish up here. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that a revival starts in your heart today. I want, to, I want to pray for you that you will be revived in everything. I believe today that God wants to revive you. God wants to bring you back to the original. He wants to bring you back to where you're thinking, I am, my faith has ownership. My faith doesn't beg. My faith just doesn't hope. I wish it would happen. But my faith says with all boldness, Jesus, I have come for my healing. I have come for my protection. I have come for my peace. See, what we are going to do as a church and as individuals and as families, we are going to enjoy everything that has already been given us. Your faith has already given it to you. Understand this. Why are you striving for something that is yours? Why do you, how can God say no when he's already given it to you? You know, it, it'll, it'll be like if your mom and dad and they give you your food, how can they say no to your food when the plate's in front of you? We need a revival, church. We need a revival. We need to go back to the original. And we need to have an original life because we have an original God. We have an original faith. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I, I, I pray for us as a church, that as a church, Faith Life Church, we go to the original mandate of a church. Father, I pray for every marriage, every individual, every business, everything in our lives, that we would come under the revival of God. Revive us, oh God, that we can see your goodness. God, revive us because we haven't been conscious of that faith is in us. We haven't been conscious of that it's living inside of us. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray that from today onward, Father, this will resonate 24-7 in our hearts and in our minds. Father, I declare and a blessing over you right now that you will come under the power of revival, that the Holy Spirit right now is reviving your soul to bring you into alignment with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You know, come on, give God a clap. And just before Pastor Victor comes, this is for those watching online, and if you're here, if you don't know Jesus, the, the only way to heal your soul is to get a new spirit. The answer for every need is to be born again. And if you're watching me and you haven't been saved, and if you're here and you haven't done that, the Bible says if we will believe, we will receive. So I want you just to close your eyes with me and pray this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I believe in you. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. 
I believe that you've already given me everything. I now receive it by faith. I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And if you're, here, we'd lo- if you're here today and you're not born, if you've been born again, we'd love to see you down the back. If you're watching online, there's a link below me. You can click it on and we want to send you some material. We want to pray for you. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you next week. Amen, amen. Thank you.